Welcome to the OKC Community Podcast. We are so glad you're here. To get the latest updates or to watch this week's message, visit our website at okccommunitychurch.com. Hello, OKC Community. Man, here we are again having church at home, and we are all doing our best, right, to stay sane and to stay healthy. I hope you're doing well. Welcome. Thank you so much for being with us today here at OKC Community. We love you. We miss you, but we are excited about what God has for us today. We truly do hope you're doing well today. And right off the bat, I just want to say, if there's anything going on, anything you need, any challenges you're facing, we want to know. If, you're, if, if anybody that you know, if you or someone you know is even feeling ill, please let us know. We want to know what's going on. We want to be your church family in this time. Now, I hope you're making the best out of this church at home thing. I know my family has been enjoying it, not as much as we enjoy being with you, of course. We miss you, but we've been making the most of it. You know, last Sunday, uh, Grayson woke up and he was determined to be Spider-Man for church. So he got a Spider-Man costume out and he was worshiping Jesus as Spider-Man. It was ridiculous. I'm a little, I'm off camera there. I'm uh I'm dressed up as Jesus because he's my superhero. You know what I'm saying? Just, you know, just saying. Anyway, my encouragement to you is to seize the moment, my friends. Uh, Church in PJs, church on the back porch. Enjoy it, but just don't get too used to it. We're going to be back together soon. And God is going to use this season to make us better and stronger than ever. All right, so I am grateful to be able to share with you today. We're coming to you again from the upper room. And I got camera one, I've got camera two, I got my friend Steven back there, and we are ready to go. So let's dive in to the deep end of the pool, shall we? Uh, Today is Palm Sunday, which means Friday is Good Friday, and next Sunday is Easter Sunday, Resurrection Day, and we are about to encounter really the most unique and probably different Easter than any of us have ever experienced. And I just want to say that different doesn't mean it has to be a bad thing. Uh, I'm believing that God is going to use this particular year to be a really special, meaningful time for us to celebrate Jesus and encounter Jesus in a significant way. Besides, I mean, I did hear that the Easter Bunny is sheltering in place, and so we don't have that to mess with this year. You know, just saying. I got jokes, people. I got jokes. BT dubs, kids, I'm just playing. I have no intel on EB's whereabouts this time of year, so... Anyway, we are beginning an important week, right? This week is known as Holy Week. It's known as Passion Week. And it's a time that we get to remember and internalize the events of the crucifixion and the resurrection and the impact that Jesus has on our lives and our world because Jesus changes everything about everything. And this week we get to remember that. You know, it begins in uh, this whole week, the story of this week begins in Matthew chapter 21, the story of Jesus entering Jerusalem and all the people come and they start laying down palm branches on the streets, even laying down their coats and they're worshiping Jesus. And what's crazy about that story is by Thursday night, Jesus is arrested. By Friday, he's crucified. And by the next Sunday, the people begin to hear the story of the empty tomb that now is present where Jesus once was. And I'm sure if you're like me, at some point in your life, you've wondered, you know, what happened? You know, why were some people celebrating him and then others so angry with him? Well, clearly there's a whole bunch of things that led to the events of that week. 
but mostly what led the people of Jerusalem who were angry with Jesus and the hatred for Jesus, what led them to do what they did was Jesus wasn't the king that they wanted. He wasn't the type of Messiah they were hoping for. They wanted a king that would fix their problems. The biggest problem they wanted to solve in their day was this, the, the Roman issue. They wanted the, the oppression of the Romans to be, they wanted to be rid of that and they wanted to revolt, but Jesus' message was just to repent, right? They wanted him to overthrow the government, to set up their nation as this military might, but he never put his power in military might. He always put his power in the miraculous things like healing, taking care of the sick, uh, and, and doing miracles to change lives. And ultimately, he was not the kind of king they wanted. By Friday, they shouted, crucify him, crucify him. We have no other king but Caesar. Jesus clearly cared about their life. He cared about their circumstances. But Jesus had this thing. He took an approach to things that he was actually more interested in fixing them before he fixed the world. He actually believed that when he could, when he could do something internally within a human being, it actually might impact the world around them. And the people in this day and age, believe it or not, they were looking not to be changed from within. They were looking for their circumstances to be changed. They, they, they wanted, their, they wanted their, their problems to be fixed. They wanted their daily life, lives to be changed and the external circumstances around them to be changed. They wanted to remove the problems. They wanted Jesus to just fix the problems. They weren't interested in what Jesus wanted to do within them. This is a pretty decent place to stop as we get, as we get going, right? To, to think, are we catching this, right? Are we capturing this moment? Because this can easily be us. This can easily be us right now in this moment we all face, in which we are first saying, Jesus, will you fix our circumstances? Will you fix our problems? And maybe we're, we're, we're chanting and, and clamoring for that, and we aren't saying, Jesus, we understand that you may want to actually do something within us. And so perhaps in this season, we should be considering, I would just think that if there's anything in this pandemic moment that we should consider is what is Jesus wanting to transform within me, within us? We must be asking this question. We can't just hope that our circumstances get better, but we must first seek the transformation that God wants to do within us. And so friends, I've been a, I've been praying about what to say to continue to speak into this moment. Um, we're in a moment that we can't ignore. Uh, we can't tell ourselves, let's just write it out, right? There's certainly merit to patience and to waiting, but I just know that it needs to be an active waiting. It needs to be an expectant patience. Uh, God is always moving, and so we must be ready to move with Him. Who knows what he's ready and about to do? But we are experiencing uncharted territory as we do this shelter-in-place thing and we wait out the storm, yet we also stand here at the front edge of a week that reminds us that Jesus is our champion, that Jesus is our victory, that Jesus is our overcomer. So how do we lean into Jesus in a time even that has the best of us, unconcerned, worried about the future, a bit anxious. I actually believe today there's a message from the cross and from Jesus and the events of this Holy Week that actually speak to this very moment that we all face. 
And you know, I would even say, even though we are actually all experiencing this moment together at the same time, we are not experiencing the same things. And this is an important thing to kind of acknowledge and to realize about our friends and our neighbors and those that you know in life. But we all relate to the timing of this pandemic from a global impact. So yes, it's the same time, but we are not experiencing the same thing. You see, some of us are soaking up precious family time, and I'm glad you are. Uh, perhaps there's a hint of boredom, right? But if you're being honest, the season hasn't been all that bad. Uh, and I know that's some of us, while on the other hand, some of us are ex ex encountering and experiencing some deep loneliness right now. And if that's you, if this has been a lonely time, I want to encourage you. You know, Jesus knows how you feel. In John 16, verse 32, when he was talking to his disciples, he says, you will leave me all alone. But he says, yet I am not alone, for my heavenly Father is with me. And perhaps what I would encourage you with is this, allow this season to be an opportunity to encounter uh, God's presence and his witness in a way that you would have not otherwise been able to experience. You see, isolation in the scriptures is actually just an opportunity to increase an encounter with the Lord. Uh, just think about some of the examples. You know, you have Elijah alone on a mountain when he hears the gentle whisper of God. You have Jacob all alone by a river when he actually has his moment where he wrestles with the Lord. You have, you have Moses all alone in the desert when God shows up in a burning bush. And you even have Jesus in the wilderness all by himself in the moment that God readied him for the ministry that he was about to encounter. And so you never know when God is going to use the unwanted moments, moments of our life and turn them into holy moments. And so it's my encouragement to you. Remember, nothing is wasted. Perhaps don't tell yourself to just weather the storm and remember that Jesus has a habit of showing up in the middle of the storm and actually showing up and showing off, right? And so maybe perhaps this is the moment where you can encounter his presence. So yes, we are all experiencing this moment together, but we are not experiencing the same things. Some of you are financially secure. Some of you, I mean, it feels like the bottom's about to fall out. Um, some of you are experiencing less work and others of us are having a hard time keeping up with all the work that has to be done. And some of you are just experiencing the good old-fashioned challenges of life. Now, life still is going on and there's still challenges that come along with every day, ups and downs, family struggles, things that need to get done. And I guess I just wanted to just say as I speak into this moment that like, this is hard, it's unsettling, and what's so incredible about Jesus and what he did through the cross is it's one moment that gives hope to many different things. Just like we have this one moment we're in with a whole bunch of different things happening, this one moment gave hope to many different people, many different situations. And that's what the cross does. You know, the cross is, it, it represents one of the darkest moments in human history. Yet, at the same time, it's also a symbol of, uh, of some of the greatest hope that we've ever encountered. Most of us know a little bit about the cross, right? I mean, it was known as the Roman execution stake. It was a method of capital punishment. It was the ancient lethal injection. It was the ancient electric chair. And now we put that form of capital punishment and we wear it as jewelry. We tattoo it on our bodies as a sign of our faith. And I'm just telling you, the cross in the time of Jesus was anything but a sign of our faith. It was a sign of someone's terror 
and fear. It was a symbol of trouble and unrest and sorrow and pain and oppression and anger and hatred. So isn't it amazing? This is incredible, actually. The redemptive power of Jesus took one of the most hated symbols in the world, the cross, and he redeemed it to become today what it is for us. It's a symbol of love and it's a symbol of grace. Jesus can redeem anything. And I'm praying he redeems this moment we're in. God has a habit of bringing the best out of the worst of things. So there's something very powerful that I want to look at for just a few minutes in John chapter 16. This, there's this conversation between Jesus and his disciples, and it, and it takes place just hours before he is arrested. And I just want you to notice when he says in verse 16, he says, it says, Jesus went on to say, in a little while you will see me no more, and then after a little while you will see me. <laughs> and the disciples were confused. They're like, what, what do you mean? Um, we're going to see you in a little while, and we're not going to see you. They're a little bit confused. This is, like, this is like Jedi mind tricks they are. You know what I mean? Like, and then Jesus said in verse 20, Very truly I tell you, you will weep and mourn while the world rejoices. You will grieve, but your grief will turn to joy. So Jesus goes on, if, you, if you've read the passage, Jesus goes on and compares what they are about to encounter, what they're about to walk through like a woman giving birth to a child. A mother has severe pain, right, and anguish, but it turns to joy when the child comes. I'm guessing this metaphor lands with moms. This is just a guess. If you're with your kids' moms, just nod your heads. Of course it, of course it lands. It's a joy, right, after all the pain you go through. And Jesus is like, this is what you're about to experience. It's going to be rough. It's going to be a version of pain and confusion and anger and disruption like you've never experienced. But just wait because you won't see me, but then you'll see me again. Your, ang your anguish will turn to joy. He's, of course, talking about his death on the cross. You won't see me. And then his resurrection. Then you'll see me again. And your grief will turn to joy. And then look at what he says in verse 32. This is crazy. And he says, a time is coming, in fact, has come, when you will be scattered, each of you, to your own home. Um, I think I need to read that again. A time is coming, in fact, it has come, when you will be scattered, each of you, to your own home. Can we just all say a collective, whoa. <laughs> this is the original shelter in place, right? John chapter 16, verse 32. I think our president may have said this very thing. You know, a time is coming. In fact, it has come. Uh, each of you need to go to your own home. Uh, that was a terrible Trump impersonation. I don't actually have a Trump impersonation, so I apologize. But that's, that's, that's what's going on right now, right? And this verse actually is the genesis of our idea of Jesus in the scattered church. It begins right here on the night that Jesus was arrested and his disciples scattered. Later, the scattered church, of course, becomes the reality of the Church of Acts whenever they leave Jerusalem and they're scattered throughout the world as they go and spread the gospel. But Jesus says right here in John 16 that the believers would scatter and go hide in their homes. He goes on in verse 32, You will leave me all alone, yet I am not alone, for my Father is with me. I have told you these things so that you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. Wow, what, what a powerful um, set of words for the disciples in that time. But what an incredible verse for us in our time. Let me read this to you again. I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. 
How many of you need peace right now? In this world, you will have trouble. Yep, you know it, Jesus. We definitely have some trouble right now, but take heart. In another version, it says, be courageous. Take heart. I have overcome the world. So first, Jesus says that you will scatter to your homes, and then he says, you will leave me all alone. So does, so does that happen? Well, if you look at Matthew chapter 26, Jesus, he's being arrested in, that, in this part of the story. And in verse number 55, it says, every day I sat in the temple courts teaching, and he didn't arrest me then, so he's talking to those who are trying to arrest him. But he says, but all this has taken place that the writings of the prophets might be fulfilled. Then all the disciples deserted him and fled. Then in John 18, we get another piece of the puzzle. The guys with swords and clubs, they come to arrest him, right? It's the same story. And Jesus says, I am he, and everybody falls over, which is this amazing scene of the power of Jesus. Just when he says, I am he, and everybody literally falls over, which has always made me think, why did they go ahead and arrest him? I would probably run the other way. But here they are, and Jesus says, if you're looking for me, then let these men go. And he's talking about his disciples. And he says, this happened so the words he had spoken would be fulfilled. I have not lost one of those you gave me. So what about these references to prophecy being fulfilled, these words being fulfilled? Well, one of the prophecies that he's talking about is in Zechariah 13:7, where it says, strike the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered. Strike in this verse is a reference to literally taking a sword against God. And the prophecy was written five or 600 years before Jesus. So here we are reading this and five or six hundred years later, Jesus, who said, I am the good shepherd, he's being struck down, and the sheep are being scattered. <clears throat> Jesus said in John 18, let these men go. I will not lose one of those that you gave me. There's something going on here, guys. There's something going on that suggests the disciples didn't scatter just because they were afraid. And that's kind of what I've always thought. They deserted and they fled. They were afraid. They weren't courageous. But I feel like Jesus is actually the one doing the scattering. Jesus is up to something. Jesus is the one doing work right alongside their fear. I know that they were afraid, but I feel like there's something greater going on. The work of Jesus is happening. Perhaps I could say it this way. Jesus scattered his followers in order to protect them. I mean, Jesus, in this moment, didn't he want to be left alone? He wants to get them out of harm's way. He, he wants to take on the full brunt of the suffering for the sake of all of them. This scattering of the church, the first time that this happened right here in this story, it was all about protection. Hours before Jesus would give, us, uh, give his life for us, he scatters his followers to protect them. But we have to remember before he scatters them, he gives them a promise. What did he say in John 16? He said, he said, listen, this is going to be hard. This is, you're going to experience grief and anguish. You are going to see me, then you're not going to see me, then you're going to see me again. But remember, he says, your grief will turn to joy if you just trust me. You see the story of the cross? I just really feel it's a story um, that speaks to us in a, even a fresh way in this season that we're all facing. You know, the news of this past week, it was pretty grim if you saw it. The predictions of the numbers of the people that will be affected by the coronavirus are sobering, to say the least. My heart grieves. I lament for those whose lives are going to be lost because of this sickness. And I know for many of us, we are full of fear. We're, we're fearful that we'll get sick. And a lot of us, you know, we are fearful 
of the fallout of all of this. There's a, lot to, there's, a, there's a lot of worry and fear in our country and in our world right now, but I have to wonder if right alongside our fear, Jesus is actually up to something. He's actually doing something. You know, that maybe our fear is not the only thing at work, that perhaps Jesus is at work, our Heavenly Father is at work. We have a few things that we can cling to, can't we? Jesus had a priority when he went to the cross, and it was to protect his own. He's our protector. He's our refuge. He's our shield. The disciples were afraid, and Jesus knew it, and he protected them. And he went alone to the cross, and he became the sacrifice for all time that could carry the full weight of all of our sin, all of our fears, all of our shame, all of our pride. He put it all on his shoulders and became the only one pure, true sacrifice that could atone for all of our sin and all of our wrongdoing. That's what he did on the cross. And remember, he said this. He said, I have told you these things so that in me you will have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. I, I believe we got to cling to this. Jesus wants to give us his peace. And if you're like me, I need it, right? You need it. We all need it. And he says, but take heart. I love that line. Don't lose heart. Don't lose your edge. Don't lose the thing that matters most in this, in this time. Don't lose your courage. Take heart because I have overcome. We put our hope in Christ. In other words, whatever you face, whatever trials, whatever anguish, whatever grief, don't lose heart. There may be times when you feel like you don't see me, but don't lose heart. You're going to see me again. This is what he says. Because Jesus, he's our champion, right? He is our strength. He is our overcomer. He, Jesus is our shield and our refuge. He will never leave us or forsake us. And so I have to ask you, what is Jesus wanting to transform in you? Because this world will have trouble. It always has, it always will. War, sickness, disease, hatred. It's always around us. And just as Jesus redeemed what the cross represented in the world, this terrible, um, destructive thing, and he redeems it and made it a symbol of love and peace and joy, I believe God wants to continue to redeem the world. He's been doing it one life at a time. And I, and I know in me, he wants to redeem the old things in me and make the new things in me come alive in Christ. And, and I just got to ask you, what is it that God wants to redeem in you? Because we can't take what Jesus did on the cross for granted. I'm not saying that we are. But this season just illuminates so much more for me to realize, man, what Jesus did on the cross for me, what Jesus did on the cross for you, it should, it, it should do something within me to where I'm not just always asking Jesus to fix my problems. I'm not just always asking Jesus to fix our circumstances, to change the world. Because Jesus could have done that when he came 2,000 years ago. But what he did is he actually first came to transform people. He wants to transform us. And so maybe the question for us is, Jesus, what do you want to transform within me? What do you want to do within me in this time? God redeems the darkest of realities. The cross shows us that. And we must be actively waiting through this season. We must be expectantly patient because I believe Jesus has more for us and we don't have to wait until June to get on with our life. And we don't have to worry. You know, Jesus says in Matthew, do not worry about tomorrow because today isn't a trouble of its own, which has never felt more real than right now. But it's just a reminder that we don't have to worry about what God already knows all about. 
We don't have to spend our strength on tomorrow's battles today. God is already there. God is already for us and with us. His care for us and love for us, demonstrated on the cross, is unfathomable. So what does God want to do within you right now? This is the question I keep asking because I know I can't answer that specifically for you, but I know you can answer that for yourself. Meaning you can ask the Lord, Lord, what is it you want to do within me? You can have ears to hear. You can hear what he's saying. And he's going to show you some things that he wants to transform because God always redeems the things that are broken if we allow him to. So my friends, I want to pray for you. I just want to pray for our world. I want to pray that God uses even these few minutes that we've had together today to to speak life into your soul. So my friends, would you bow your heads with me and let's pray together. God, we want to just begin by saying thank you. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you for your sacrifice on the cross. Thank you for making a way to redeem and restore us. We're so grateful for your grace and mercy. And we actually prayed for that mercy to extend over our world right now. Will your Holy Spirit rush through the world giving mercy and comfort and love and peace? We pray that mercy and comfort and healing over the sick right now. We pray peace over all those who are anxious. We pray wisdom over our leadership. We pray strength for those who are working in our medical field, police, fire departments, all the other essential areas of life. And Father, we pray for the, the transformation within us. We, we just pray, of course, for the circumstances of our world, but Father, we come to you and we want to submit our hearts to the work that you want to do within us. We believe that you've come to transform hearts first. And so Lord, transform us. We pray your spirit would move within us, that you would move through the world like a rushing wind. We pray for the salvation of those who are searching for hope right now. May the cross of Jesus be that hope and salvation they need. God, we love you. We trust you. And we declare that you are so, so good. Amen. Amen. Well, friends, before before I before I get out of here, a couple things. Quick reminders. One, Go and check out, in step number five, the announcements video, all the different links we have for the things going on. Most of you are aware of those, but if you haven't, you at least gotta go check out the announcement video and catch up on things. And of course, we have started what's called Jesus and the Scattered Church. It's a Bible reading plan, it's amazing. I hope you're doing it. If you haven't got a chance to check that out yet, go do it. You can do it on your own pace. You can start at any time. It's right there below this in step number five. You can see all about that. Also, since this is Easter week, my friends, we want to encourage you to have an amazing week. Uh, we actually have put together an Easter guide that just has a bunch of, I- just a bunch of ideas that will help you have an intentional time this week as you kind of focus your hearts on Christ. So check that out. Um, learn more about that in the announcements video. And then lastly, I just want to encourage you to, to, to go and, and be a person of peace this week. Uh, find, think of someone. Pray about someone that maybe you should reach out to and just call them to say, hey, it's just to check in on them and say how they're doing and then ask them if there's anything that you can pray for them about. And I just encourage you to do that, and especially for someone that you think maybe they haven't been checked in on. And, uh, and who knows, maybe you'll have the opportunity to invite them to, to Easter. Uh, you could share the link or you could tell them that, about our online experience. Or of course, I'd even say just tell them to get 
on, on the internet and find some church online having Easter next week. This week, the idea is that you would, you would reach out to someone, you would ask them how they're doing, you would pray for them, and you would point them to Jesus. And so I hope that you'll do that this week. We love you guys. We hope you're doing well. I'll see you soon. Grace and peace, my friends. We hope you've enjoyed this week's message. If there's anything we can pray with you about, or if you have questions about God, we'd love to talk with you. Please visit our contact page at okccommunitychurch.com.